Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. You'll also hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 13th. The New York draft riots began on this day in 1863. And as that name suggests, this was about the draft. But it was also about racism and a range of socioeconomic conditions. In the 1860s, recent immigrants from Germany and Ireland made up a lot of New York City's working class. And this was particularly true of Irish immigrants. After the Great Famine in Ireland, people had moved to the United States and other places in really large numbers. Close to a quarter of New York City residents at this time were from Ireland. These people were mostly very poor. Most of them were making a living doing manual labor, things like digging ditches and paving roads. They were not making a lot of money. They didn't necessarily have a very secure job. And this was happening during the Civil War. And at first, most of these people supported the war. But that started to shift as the war progressed, as people started to lose friends and family members who were killed in battle. Also, the Emancipation Proclamation shifted people's opinions. That was the proclamation that freed all enslaved people in the rebelling states. And so these workers in New York became really fearful that people who had been liberated in the South were going to move to New York and basically take their jobs, or at least be competing for the same jobs. Then... Congress passed the Enrollment Act on March 3rd of 1863, and this set up a wartime draft for the Civil War. 
Unless you could find a substitute to go in your place or pay a $300 fee, if you were a man between the ages of 20 and 45, you were subject to the draft. These working-class immigrants were outraged. Now they were going to be forced to go to war before it had been voluntary. And by this point in the war, one of the outcomes that the Union was working toward was the abolition of slavery. So if slavery were abolished, that would mean even more liberated people coming to New York City and fighting for the same jobs. So people who were barely making a living doing manual labor, they also could not afford to pay $300 to get out of being drafted. When troops left New York City to go fight at Gettysburg, that left the city pretty much undefended. And then on July 11th of 1863, the draft lottery took place for the first time. People who were drafted that day or who knew people that were drafted that day met up in saloons and taverns and meeting houses and started talking about how they could fight back. Another lottery was supposed to take place a couple of days later on Monday the 13th, and they started talking about how they could stop the lottery from happening. On the 13th, they went to the provost marshal's office, and the people who went there to demonstrate included German-speaking artisans. There were volunteer firemen. Most of them were not actually immigrants. Most of them had been born in the United States. A lot of Irish laborers were part of this group, and there were women in the group as well. The draft lottery was to start at 10.30, and they interrupted the lottery, and they actually set fire to the building. The riot spread from there. It started explicitly targeting Black people and Republicans. The Republican Party had been founded to abolish slavery. They started looting merchants and stores. Part of this was just to loot, but part of it was also to try to get revenge on the wealthy, those wealthy people who could afford that $300 to get out of fighting in the war. This riot went on for four days. There were some groups who switched sides, like the volunteer firemen started trying to uh, quell the raid. The people rioting for most of it were primarily Irish immigrants. Among the looting and the targeting of, of the Black population and of Republicans, they burned down the colored orphan asylum. They targeted Black residents and their homes and their property. They also kept targeting businesses to try to get revenge on the wealthy. A man named Abraham Franklin, who was a disabled Black coachman, was hanged. Eventually, both the New York National Guard and the police were involved, and those troops that had been sent from New York City to fight in Gettysburg were called back to try to stop the violence. It was only after that happened that the riot subsided. This caused between $1.5 million and $2 million in property damage, and it was August before the draft was really being enforced in New York City. You can learn more about the New York draft riots in the April 11th, 2011 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class. And you can subscribe to the Stay in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. In tomorrow's show, we have somebody who's often referred to as a queen, although she was not actually royalty. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K.
LASIK.com. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was July 13th, 1930. The first FIFA World Cup, the world championship for men's national soccer teams, began in Montevideo, Uruguay. FIFA, or the International Federation of Association Football, is the international governing body for soccer. 
1928, FIFA's Congress voted to hold a world championship for soccer in 1930. Italy, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Spain all expressed interest in hosting the championship, but Uruguay was willing to pay for travel and hotel expenses and to build a new stadium. Uruguay had also won the gold medal for soccer, or football as people outside of the U.S. call it, in the 1924 and 1928 Summer Olympics. Plus, 1930 would mark the 100th anniversary of the adoption of Uruguay's first constitution. At the 1929 FIFA Congress in Barcelona, Uruguay was confirmed as the hosting country. The first World Cup would be the only without qualifications. Teams were invited. At the time, the Great Depression was affecting economies all around the world. Many European players were not able to or did not want to make the trip to South America to participate in the championship. Soccer did not earn them a living, and they were afraid they would lose their jobs if they were away for too long. Though many European teams did not take part in the inaugural World Cup, the president of FIFA at the time, Jules Rimet, got Belgium, France, Romania, and Yugoslavia to participate. The King of Romania personally selected the team members for the tournament and guaranteed their jobs would still be there when they returned home. Mexico, the United States, Argentina, Brazil, Bolivia, Chile, Paraguay, and Peru also participated in the World Cup, bringing the total number of competing teams to 13. All the European teams besides Yugoslavia left Barcelona on June 22, 1930, on the SS Conte Verde. The Yugoslavian team left on its own on the MS Florida. The Conte Verde picked up the Brazilian players in Rio and stopped at Santos. On July 4th, they arrived in Montevideo. Construction began on a stadium built specifically for the World Cup called Estadio Centenario in July of 1929. But it was still not finished by the time the World Cup began on July 13th, and the first match wasn't held in the stadium until days later. The first games, France versus Mexico and the U.S. versus Belgium were held that day at the Positos and Parque Central stadiums in Montevideo. France's Lucien Laurent scored the first-ever World Cup goal 19 minutes into the game. France beat Mexico 4-1, and the U.S. beat Belgium 3-0. Controversy arose when referees ended France's second game versus Argentina six minutes early. The official brought the teams back to finish the game, and Argentina won 1-0. Argentina and the United States went up against each other in the semifinals, which Argentina won 6-1. The final, Argentina versus Uruguay, took place on July 30th. Somewhere between 68,000 and 90,000 spectators were in the audience at the Estadio Centenario. Uruguay beat Argentina 4-2, with Argentinian Héctor Castro scoring a minute before the match ended. The trophy that Uruguay received was designed by a French sculptor named Abel Lafleur. The first FIFA Women's World Cup was held in 1991, though other unofficial international tournaments had been held already, starting in 1970. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments to tell us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.